Yo, welcome back. This is V2 of Grand X Media's latest podcast, Club Cool, coming to you via Grand X Labs. This is our second this is our second podcast. Um, this is a new podcast where we're going to talk about style and pop culture and fashion and maybe some TV and film. We'll just kind of get into all of that and see how we can tie it all together. I'll be bringing on various guests uh, each week and everybody's going to have a different perspective, which will be really cool. Last week, Ross Bolin and I talked a lot about sneaker culture. We talked about Kanye West. We talked about kind of our style evolution from high school to college. And this week, I've got another really exciting guest. He is one of the other founding members of the original Club Cool text group and Slack chat. It's Will DeFries. What's up? How's it going? It's going well. I'm very excited for this. I love this idea for a podcast. I was excited when you first workshopped it, and uh, here we are. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to jump right in, Will. Is that okay? Let's do it. Because there's two things that are just really on my mind right now, and I, I feel the need to talk about them. Let's do it. I'm going to make the first part quick, okay. but I'm going to jump right back into sneakers. This morning, the hottest shoe of 2018 dropped on the sneakers app, on Nike's app. Which one was it? Is the Element React in two different colors? I take it from from your question there that you did not go after this sneaker. I, I, I did not. Okay, yeah, I I knew this. Um, actually, my the the girl who does my hair, uh huh, she actually brought this up to me the other day. Okay, and I was like, oh yeah, I need to go check this out. Well, here's why I want to talk about it because this is a straight up Nike silhouette. It's not even Nike Lab. It has no tie to another designer, and. They have somehow made this as hyped of a shoe as the off-white stuff. Yeah, well, it kind of looks like the off-white stuff a, li- it, a little bit. It looks like the it looks like the off-white stuff got finished and then was released as the Nike React. And Nike's really, really good about that, right? They 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 do work with Virgil Abloh or Kanye West or or whoever, and then they see what worked from that, and then they just kind of spin it off onto their own stuff as well. And I, I took two L's this morning on this shoe. I was going to say, I, and, so I take it you didn't cop. And I'm super salty about it. There's no worse feeling than taking an L. And the white color, there's a white and there's a black. Yeah. The black was supposed to not be quite as sought after. So I just, I, you know, I, I pulled the trigger on both. I did the little, the Apple Pay thing. You put your thumb on it. Oh, yeah. It all goes through and then you're pending. And the black one actually gave me the sold out notification first. Maybe more people went for it, just trying to you know hedge their bet. Have you ever paid resale on a shoe? I haven't. I kind of refuse to. I, there's one shoe that I've been wanting to take the dive with, but it's just I can't do it. It's it's really really difficult for me as well. I've never, I've never bought anything on StockX. It, it's hard for me because I know how much it actually costs for Nike and Adidas to make these shoes. Yeah. And then the, they're already have they already have a huge margin on the price of that shoe, and then so so resale is just absolutely absurd on some of this. Stuff. It's hard for me to like swallow the resale market solely because if I'm buying something after it's already been on sale, I want to buy it for cheaper. Yeah, and so to buy it for more expensive and a price that I don't think is justified is just really frustrating. It's it's actually the reason that I get into a lot of the, I guess, more contemporary and designer labels for sneakers mm-hmm. is because I really, really like what some of those brands are doing. 
And in that scenario, I can get that stuff on sale as opposed to in, in, at an inflated resale value. Yeah. So the, like the AMI sneakers that I've been wearing recently, I, I, I picked those up for 50 or 60% off. And so they were the same price as like the retail of a Yeezy or, you know, or, 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 what, or whatever, something high end from Adidas or Nike. The one thing that stopped me now from the shoes that I wanted to get, I wanted to get the Adidas Predator Ultra Boost in uh, blue, white, and red. Yep. These were my high school soccer shoes. And I don't necessarily think they're the best looking sneakers, but there's such a big nostalgia factor there for them because I wore them in high school that I really wanted them. They sold out immediately on adidas.com and now they're going for 375 on StockX. And I'm not paying that. That's yeah. That's I refuse a hard to pay. It. That's a hard pillow to swallow. Yeah. But this the sale colorway of the Element React, it might be the first time I buck up and and, and pay for the pay the StockX resale value cuz I really really like these. Well, you're essentially buying numerous pairs of shoes based on what socks you decide to wear that day. That is true. So, and I'm glad I'm, like I'm glad six. that you mentioned that because I think the transparent thing on shoes is about to be everywhere i think that's i think that is going to be a huge thing in the back half of 2018 and going into 2019 we've already seen the adidas and raf simmons uh the the latest version of the oswegos called the replicants Mm -hmm. have all the cutouts yeah where you can just see straight through to the sock yes nike and come to garçon did a like a jordan one it was a kind of like a dunk high jordan one mashup silhouette where there were massive PVC panels on the shoe. So they were clear. And now with the Element React, we're getting this kind of translucent look where you can kind of see into the sock. You can see the pattern and the color, but it's not... It's, I do like it. It's, it's, it's dope. I do like it. I think, that's why, I think that's one of the reasons why this shoe is so hyped because it's, it's different and it has that, that, that piece that nobody's really done before. I saw some stuff really on Instagram before. that had like people wearing cool socks and crushing it i don't have a good sock game i have a terrible sock game actually most of my socks are just like the little ankle footy socks that barely fit on your foot and most of them are chewed up by my dog (laughs) so for me i would have to actually invest in like numerous pairs of socks that i actually got cool socks yeah i've been doing that i've I've been been trying to up the sock game a little bit recently uh okay Uh, let's let's segue over into pop culture real quick this has been on my mind Kylie Jenner is in the news everywhere right now. Cover of Forbes. She's about to be the youngest billionaire ever. Mm -hmm. I'm totally down with how savvy she has played the Kylie Cosmetics thing. Yeah. Here's what I don't like. I I don't like that she gets the self-made qualifier. I I agree because I half-heartedly agree. I don't want to like rep the Jenners or rep the Kardashians, but at the same time... That empire is not getting built without her name on it. She she is the person uh, who is pushing it all. Well, and I appreciate that she took what the family had, which mm-hmm. was all which was already a lot, and is now elevating that to an entirely different level. Yeah, but she owns one hundred percent of Kylie Cosmetics. Insane. And the only reason that she was able to do that is because she already had a massive bag of money to fund the company. True. She didn't have to go get venture capitalists. She didn't have to get investors. She didn't have to but how much give money people did she equity have? that she hired. How much money did she have in order to put into that company? I don't know. Millions. I have no clue. Yeah. But you're okay with the self-made qualifier? You think she's, I'm torn you, on it. I'm torn on it. I, I don't think that it's like that justified. I think people that come at her really hard, because some people are coming at her very hard for that, 
and it's like, well, I mean, she she's going to be a billionaire, so like, wh- who cares? Like, she still is making a lot of money. Yes. One I- of the most shocking things in the world, like that I've seen from her, was when she launched a, I don't even know what it was, a lip kit or something, right? And she put on her Instagram story or Snapchat, one of the two. Uh, the Google Analytics real time of when she launched it. And as somebody who looks at that for his own columns and other people's columns on our site, I was like, it was like watching like, it was like porn. It was like, oh my God, like this is, this is so awesome. It was just like through the roof traffic. It's safe to say that she has leveraged a social media following better than anybody in the history of social media. I think she's better at it than Kim. Oh yeah, which is like she shouldn't be, but well, she is. And I will, I will give her a ton of credit for putting together this company in a way that it operates extremely leanly, uh, and she maintains a hundred percent control and ownership. And that, I mean, that's that's super smart and business savvy. Instead of going that route and outsourcing the packaging and the manufacturing and all that. Instead of just signing a, you know, a seven-figure endorsement deal with Maybelline or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, for her to to realize that she had the opportunity to just do it herself is pretty is pretty incredible. She probably talked to Kanye. He was like, "Nah, <laughs> do it all on your own." She also looks better with the removed lip fillers. Could not be happier with her look without the fillers. So props to Kylie on uh, on the new baby and being a billionaire and your new look with no lip fillers. I saw I saw the photo of her with no fillers in, and then I saw some article like five seconds later about how she took them out, and I was like, you know what? This is a great move. <laughs> really glad you did this. All right. Well, uh, tell me a little bit about what you did before Grand X, because I know that, uh, like me, you have some retail experience, mm-hmm. right? Yes, I uh, worked for a small family-owned store and now online store in Michigan called Huzzah. And when I started working there, I literally just needed like a a job. So I started just like I was organizing the basement, making, doing whatever. Like I wasn't on the sales floor really because I was just kind of doing grunt work. Was this post-college, during college? Yeah, Yeah. I was, I don't even know how old I was. And so I was living back in Michigan and I was like, you know what, let's do this. And so... I uh, just kind of started. They didn't really have anything for. They didn't really have a job for me to do. They were just like, "Oh, he seems nice. Let's let's <laughs> hire him and have him do stuff." And so then, as it started going on, they started realizing that I had like the capabilities of doing web stuff. And so I decided to uh, stay on and help them build a website that's now still on today. They don't do as much women's today, but uh, it was all women's fashion. They okay. had some unisex things and like a very few men's things, but it was almost all women's. Uh, and so, yeah, that's what I was doing before I came here. And um, that's kind of where I got my, my, I don't even know how to describe it. Well, the store carries base. a lot of contemporary and kind of higher end yeah. designer brands. It was a very, right? It's a very high end store. Was that your introduction to brands like that? Yeah. For okay. sure, for sure, and it wasn't like I. I'm actually, admittedly, not that well versed in like the major brands like Versace and Gucci and things the like old, that. The old school houses. Yeah, they yeah. did their very best to get like new and upcoming brands yeah. and things that other places didn't have. Like that. That's their their biggest thing is you know being very good curators and figuring out new brands that people hadn't heard of sure. and trying to you know push those brands on people. Yeah, that's actually a good note for for your, for y'all listening. That when people talk about the the high fashion brands or the old houses, 
that's like your very old school French and Italian couture houses. So uh, Lanvin and Givenchy and Prada, Gucci, Louis Vuitton, like all of those big, big names, all the big glossy storefronts, Yves Saint Laurent that you'd see on Rodeo Drive. Those are like your high fashion houses. And then when I talk about contemporary brands, uh, you know, you'll hear me use that word contemporary a lot. That's what I'm talking about, stuff that is still carried in, in your high-end department stores like Barney's or Saks. It is, it's at a slightly more accessible price point, but is still relatively expensive. But those are brands, you know, popular ones are, are like rag and bone, basically. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that, that's one that stands out to me. Yeah. But that, but, uh, you know, uh, AMI, um, Acne Studios, mm-hmm. like these are brands that, and, and some of them still sh- do runway shows and all of that. But they don't have the old school historical backgrounds and they tend to be a little bit more uh, modern, I guess, if you will. Yeah. And they would like for Fashion Week, they would go into New York City like the week after Fashion Week for I forget what it's even called. Might just been post Fashion Week or something. Yeah. Yeah. And they would go meet up with all the houses then. And so. So when you left that job. Mm hmm. I mean, did that like pique your interest? Did you continue to kind of follow along with the the scene a little bit? Well, it was kind of like just the th- kind of thing that when I first started working there, I was just some generic white dude who just didn't really know anything other than like, oh, I'm wearing a Patagonia vest and J. Crew slacks, mm-hmm. which I'm still that guy like 50 percent of the time. But it it definitely made me start to notice things that I never noticed before, and it made me kind of get a understanding for those brands and an appreciation for those brands and the different design and so as as i was working on the website i would have to um i was uploading copy for it and writing brand descriptions and things like that and so it's just kind of like you get conditioned to just get interested in it eventually had instagram begun when when you were there yes it but it wasn't like a it wasn't a major focus so it it wasn't what it is now in terms of uh you know selling products or discovering products it was very early on and so i didn't i definitely didn't use instagram as much then um but we would still try to find things on instagram and post post occasional instagrams to push products and things like that but it wasn't what it is today is your is your closest tie to the style and fashion world now via instagram yeah 100 percent. okay it's yeah it's not even close and how how did you how would you say that you got good at Instagram? Like you you're you're a guy that I think knows an aesthetic really really well and how to put it together really really well. Certainly much better than I do. I've just always liked good looking things. Like in terms of like digitally speaking, when you're looking at a website or something, I just like a clean design. And I've been doing graphic design work since high school. And so working graphic design jobs and everything like that, I've just always wanted something clean and well put together and uniform. And so it makes sense that it would bleed over into Instagram just because that's kind of the the design that I always try to strive for. Yeah, some background in, in web and graphic mm-hmm. stuff definitely helps, I think. Yeah, and I it, it just makes sense to me to have something clean and uniform as opposed to just throwing shit at the wall and seeing what happens. And so... It's always just been something, I don't know. I mean, before I worked here, I had a personal website because I didn't want people to Google my name and see 
a bunch of random results that I didn't want them to see. So I was like, I'm just going to build my own website. It's not, it doesn't exist anymore. It was just willtofreeze.com. And I wanted to be able to make sure that if somebody Googled me, they would see what I wanted them to see rather than somebody else. And so I put up a lot of photos that I had taken. Even it, They weren't of me. They were just of like landscapes yep. or whatever. And uh, it was just always kind of a priority for me to put out a like look or vibe or aesthetic that I had control over rather than other people. And that's just always kind of been part of it. For Postgrad or for Scaries or for your own personal Instagram, is there a particular app that you use for photos? I use Visco, V-S-C-O, for my own and for... For pretty much everything. Yeah. It's just like a super powerful app. I got drunk one night and I downloaded every filter. <laughs> this was like early Visco too. Like, I mean, not that many people were using it back then. And so the the filters now, I think it costs a lot more. Yeah, they want, them you, they, they want to charge you a lot of money for the Yeah, I think I point. paid like 18 or 20 bucks okay. or something. Right. And I was just like, yeah, I'm already buying one for like $3. So mm-hmm. I'm just going to buy them all. Uh, but I use that for pretty much everything because it, it's just so powerful. Do you kind of do the thing where you like try to filter each picture the same way? I have, so you can actually save recipes on right, there. Right, And so I have one that I do, and then I edit it from there. Okay. So if I do it, it's just one that I think looks good, and it has. it's much easier than just going in and doing everything. So, so even st- if I switch you like the use filter, it as a base, yeah. and then kind of, and then edit, and then yeah. modify from there. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people do that, because Visco, I believe, also has a desktop functionality where you can put it in Lightroom. Yep. And so a lot of designers or people like that will use the preset filters just to give their entire, you know, photo catalog for something. If it's like a lookbook or something like that, they'll use that entire recipe just for like the entire project. Okay. Um, I've got a really good question from Steven on Twitter Mm -hmm. that kind of relates to this aesthetic building on Instagram. He said... He wanted to know how to cultivate an aesthetic on IG, which we're kind of talking about right now. But he says he says that he's into fashion compared to his friends. And is there a move to build up a following and not have friends hate you for having them take a bunch of pics since they're not of the same mindset? Mm-hmm. And man, I, I can't, Stephen, I cannot tell you how much I relate <laughs> to this question. Uh, I am by far... like. I, my work, like my the group of friends that I've made at work, is actually much more similar to me in in my approach to style and fashion. And I, you know, I still am like feel vastly different, like from most of these guys around here, and like what I choose to to buy and wear. Yeah. But especially like my good friends from college and high school, mm-hmm. it's like they really they're they're paying very little attention to this type of stuff. And and it's tough because like I want to, if you follow me on Instagram, like you know that like I I post some fit pics and and do some things like that, and I always 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 have in the back of my head like which one of which ones of my friends and acquaintances now think that I'm a massive douchebag. Like which ones are have a side text going that they're just sending your yes, photo back like, and can forth. You, in? Can you believe that that Dude, he just posted this? I've always been lucky. The friends that I grew up with in like high school and everything, they all. I forget who it was. It might have been my girlfriend or one of her friends. They were like, all your friends have like really good aesthetics. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, they kind of do. Like they actually put time into thinking about, okay, I'm, this is a good looking picture that I'm going to post and it looks good. And so I'm, I'm fortunate in that. I mean, I'm sure that I'm probably more insufferable than all of them. So I'm sure that they've definitely side texted and been like, God, what is it? What is this photo he just posted? But at the same time, 
if you're trying to build a following, which you know vast, like it very much benefits our career and job. Right. I, I think the job you, is you a, have to have no shame. Yeah, that's a that's a huge that's a huge part of it for for you especially is like this is it's basically your job. Yeah. So you can always just kind of oh I can lay use, the blame like well I'm I'm a blogger I'm, yeah I'm building I got to build this brand I got to exactly. I gotta, yeah it's person it's personality driven I have to put this up so you know I'm actually as I kind of dive more into my role as a content creator here at Grand X mm-hmm. putting out a few more columns doing this podcast I, I'm hoping that I that I become more shameless yeah because then I can just then I'll just have this to th- to throw it back on like oh well i'm doing it for the podcast i'm doing it for the for the column i need to be more shameless it's like proven that the more you post on instagram the faster you will get followers yes uh, and wh- it's really stupid that i i post like once every three weeks and i should be posting at least once a week yeah. if you want to build a following yes. it makes no sense that i don't but i think it's from like before i even worked here there's like a lot there's more pressure to post on instagram than there's pressure to post anything else on social media yes it's very it's like it's put on a pedestal when it really shouldn't be because no one no one thinks about your Instagram strategy as much as you personally do. That's correct. And <laughs> and Stephen, I would also say just make sure the photos that you do post, the stuff that you do post is quality. At, at least the the stuff that you actually post permanently onto your feed and not just like on a story. Mm-hmm. It's got to be good. Yeah. And if that's I think that's the first step is if it's good then your friends won't have as much ammunition basically yeah and also if they're really your good friends like maybe they'll snicker or give you shit but they'll still they'll still respect what you're doing and and kind of hopefully they do it to your face go along with it you'd rather have them do it to your face yes um and then also i would say don't talk into the camera on instagram i hate it it this is like a a thing that i i just i really can't i can't quite put my feelings into words even because i know that i i guess that level of shamelessness comes from having a massive following mm-hmm. i feel like you don't get to talk to your i'm doing air quotes here followers via a selfie video until you have like fifty thousand followers a girl i used to work with actually does it and she has like a very small following but she doesn't do it in an insufferable way she will just go live and just do random shit and like Sometimes I'm the only person watching, and it's like we're FaceTiming. There is, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm familiar with one person, and that's basically all I can say on Instagram and Snapchat, who has a small following, let fewer than three thousand followers, I would mm-hmm. say, and she documents like every single thing she does on Instagram stories, talking to the camera as if she is is. One of the world's foremost bloggers. Yeah. And it is, it's a hate watch. It's a hate watch because I cannot get over why she thinks that people See, care for me, about it's this. a love watch because I'm like, I love the fact that she's just like, you know so what? Shameless? Screw it. Like, well, she doesn't do it 24-7. It's like when, when I see her go live, I know that it's going to be like two minutes of high entertainment that... I need to jump on right then. I'm like, yeah, I need to watch this because like this isn't going to happen that often. But it's just hilarious because... I mean, I don't think talking to the camera, if you don't have a following, like it, it does put out a vibe of like, just no one really cares. Yeah. Yeah. So Steven, find out which friends are down with taking the photos for you. And then, I mean, just go for it. And if the quality is good and if you're into it, it could work for you. I, I feel like I've kind of half, half-assed it for, for the last two and a half years and I, and I need to step it up. 
personally. He needs to do some self-deprecating captions if he's uh, really nervous about it to to deflect the the nervousness and hatred that he might get. That that also I think that also helps. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Will, you can practically get anything you want on demand on the internet these days. It's very true. Yeah. Like the podcast that we host, Touching Base, Sunday Scaries, mm-hmm. Club Cool. You you get to listen whenever you want when it's convenient for you. Now there is a way that you get that same type of convenience on demand with your postage. It's via stamps.com. With stamps.com, you can access all the services of the post office right from your desk, right from your computer. You get to buy and print real U.S. postage for any letter, any package. It's available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Just click, print, mail, and you're done. Stamps.com even sends you a digital scale, which is the which is that's the thing that nobody has and that you have to have. You want to be able to weigh your letters, weigh your packages, so you can, you can enter exactly how much they weigh and you get the exact postage instead of guessing way too much and, and paying more than you have to. We just t- we talked about Grailed a little bit earlier. Mm-hmm. If you're selling stuff on Grailed or if you're selling on eBay, it doesn't even have to be closed. Whatever you're selling or whatever you're mailing, it, Stamps.com makes it super easy. Right now, you can use the code LABS for a special offer. It's a four-week trial. It includes postage and the digital scale. Don't wait. Go to Stamps.com. You click on the radio microphone at the top of the homepage and type in LABS. That's Stamps.com. Enter labs. I just did it. That was super easy. (laughs) Stamps.com labs. Yeah, that was the easiest thing in the world. All right. Well, one thing that I like to do here on Club Cool, the one time, the one other time that I've done it. (laughs) Hey, now that it's twice, it's tradition. (laughs) Is answer some listener reader questions. Mm -hmm. Um, By the way, I've been getting all of your DMs, all of your Twitter ads, emails. Uh, I'm just I'm creating like a big doc with all the questions. We're going to be doing this podcast once a week, so I will get to them. I just had a bit of, bit of a backlog, so uh, we're I'm, I'm kind of answering some from a few weeks or a few months ago still. So let's start with your namesake. Will wants to know, and I know it's summer. I know it's like 100 degrees, but but there's something kind of relevant here. Scarves, yay or nay? I'm a I'm a yay. Okay, I'm a yay. It, it, I think it depends on the scarf. I think it depends on what kind of look you're trying to go for. I think it also depends on how you, you know, tie the scarf or wrap it around your neck. I don't think you, I'm not going to put a blanket statement. Yes, every scarf is okay because some scarves don't look good. But I'm for the scarf move. I, I'm I'm usually pro scarf as mm-hmm. well. But here's the here's what happened recently. Have you seen this picture of Jeremy Renner and John Hamm at the NBA Finals? No. Just Google John Hamm, Jeremy Renner finals if you're out there listening. I'll post it up on Twitter. John Hamm is not wearing a scarf, and Jeremy Renner is wearing a scarf. And the difference between, like, John Hamm looks so effortless and casual. He's wearing a freaking Masters golf hat to the NBA finals and just, like, a blue and white checked gingham button down. He looks casual as hell. And Jeremy Renner has his, like, hair all styled, and he's got the gray scarf over, like, the black peacoat. And he. I just feel like he looks like he's trying too hard, and I think that's the danger with the scarf. Yes, I agree. I don't think. I mean, if he's in, he's inside right now, he's inside. He's inside of an he's arena. In a, yes, it's not a hockey game where it is cold and you can actually get away <laughs> with that. Like you're in the you're in the arena. He's dedicated to the scarf game, but I don't think he needs it. So that that's that's kind of what that's my caveat to wearing a scarf is. 
if you're in New York or Chicago or Michigan or wherever, mm-hmm. somewhere where it's super cold, I think a scarf is a necessity, basically. I'm weird in that I never actually had a scarf when I lived in yeah. Michigan and it was cold weather. I'm just a big fan of zipping things up all the way. Yeah. I I just like having things totally zipped up and I think it, it works just as fine. You can bury your face into the jacket. You can do whatever. But scarves usually don't come out. A lot of the times they're they're an accessory. They're not there for functionality. Right. So I don't know. I don't really know how to tie a scarf in a cool way. And that's kind of been a hiccup for me okay. when trying to get one. Yeah. Well, and then the other thing is like, I feel like I just take it off. Here, yeah. in, here in Texas, we drive everywhere. We yeah. rarely get to walk. So if I put on a scarf, it's useful for my walk from the apartment to the car. Mm-hmm. And then I get to the office and I take it off. Yeah. Or if I'm out, then I walk into a bar or a restaurant and I got to take this scarf off because I'm not going to sit and sit there and eat it and you, eat or drink you and risk leave like it on. putting it down and getting dirty. Yeah. It's, it's just a nightmare. So, it, right. So that's, that's kind of my thing. I think time and place, if you're going to leave it on, if you're walking, if you're out, if it's super cold, I'm all for the scarf. But if the situation does not quite warrant it, I think that it can look a little forced. I agree. Okay. All right. Brandon, longtime Grand X fan, Brandon, wants to know what the best cut of pants or jeans for us tree trunk leg people is. And Will, before we before we jump into that, do you think tree trunk legs are the same as dad legs? I think they're first cousins. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think they're very similar. I have dad legs. Okay. I, I, my legs don't have much definition to them, and they, uh, they're not stocky, but they're dad legs. So what, what, what type of cut do you typically go for? I, I kind of fluctuate between – I don't do slim. I used to do slim cut, uh, slim fit when I was a little trimmer up top, but now I feel like the difference between my upper body and lower body when I wear something that slim is just not correct. It doesn't look right. I look like uh, the villain from – despicable me you know what i mean that's how i <laughs> yeah, feel yeah, at least and yeah. i don't feel comfortable and so i don't do it yes uh and so i honestly just go with like a regular cut i don't even know i buy a lot of i used to buy my pants on j crew all the time and they mm-hmm. had like they had different cuts but i feel like i just go with straight now well so two brands that i can point out specifically it's bonobos and levi's both make an athletic cut I've bought that. Which is roomier in the top block. Yes, and so I have bought the, that. The, when I talk about pants, there's a top block and a bottom block. The top block refers to the top. So it's like around the seat and your butt and your thighs. And a lot of guys that, that have thicker tree trunk legs or dad legs or just work out a lot, do a bunch of squats and deadlifts, they've got like bigger trunk areas. Yeah. And so you need more room there. And the good part, if you just have like a stocky lower body, not because you work out, is that <laughs> by buying athletic cut, it makes you feel more, more athletic. athletic. Yeah, yeah it's, nat- naturally, naturally. It's a little personal gas up. Um, but the nice thing about these like athletic cuts is that they usually still do offer some type of taper from the knee down. Yes. Um, so that's, I, I would look for brands that offer that kind of athletic cut but let's jump right into another question from Patrick. He wants to wear Carhartt khakis out. And I think this question was from the fall. But, you know, we're getting. Fall's around the corner, so I'm going to answer it anyway. He says, is this okay? What about the baggier, relaxed pants in general? Um, and I know, Patrick, Patrick, one thing that you also said is that you feel good in the Carhartt khakis and you like the way they look on you. And first and foremost, that's 
that's the number one rule yes of of personal style yes. i think if you like the way something looks wear the hell out of it man like yeah. that's it's it's look good feel good play good type thing yeah the 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 scarier parts the bad fashion moments happen when you don't really have the confidence or you don't really like something that you're wearing well, and you do it anyways and it's just your whole your whole aura your whole being reflects that there's nothing worse than not having full commitment to what you're wearing when it's something new, when it's a risk, and then going somewhere only for someone to comment on it. <laughs> and then you like get you get like uncomfortable or bashful or you try to like downplay it or like right, right, not right, right. justify it or not own it. And then all of a sudden you you just feel so uncomfortable. Yeah. I used to be like that and now I'm like, "Well, what are you doing? Like just own what you wear because it's so much easier to be happy with it." And just be like, yeah, this is tight. What, what, why do you have an issue with it? Is there, what's, is there anything right now that you like really wish you could pull off, but you, but you can't? Yeah. Yeah. Anything come very, to mind? Very, very much. Uh, <laughs> the, the movie Call Me By Your Name has, if you've, ta- if you've seen John Dude and I interact on Twitter at all, you know that we are big fans of like the oversized, uh, Oxford look. Uh-huh. I think it's a great throwback to like growing up. That's what my dad would wear. I have some of my dad's old ones and I think I can pull it off in a sense, but at the same time, it's too hot in Texas to to do right now cuz you're just draped in thick Oxford fabric. Yeah. And I just can't I can't commit to it yet. I have one good shirt. I wore it in New York and I was like, "Okay, I feel better about it here because I can wear it and I'm in New York, so everyone kind of looks a little different than in Texas. I feel like getting getting fits off in Texas is harder because you look like an outlier. Getting fits off in Texas is very, very difficult. Yes. Always. The climate, the people that look at you. Yes. It, it's all just, it's all much more difficult to do. It is. And and we so rarely go out anymore either. Mm-hmm. That it's like your one opportunity is going to a dinner. Yeah. And then you get a so you get a fit off for an hour and a half. Yeah. And then you go home and you take it off. And you and go home and hang it up. <laughs> and you're like, okay, cool, cool. Yeah. Um. It is. It is tough. Austin is super casual. Nobody really dresses up, and there aren't that many people that are that are into like these like, you know, variations of of trendier styles. Well, when there was a cold, there was a cold night this past winter, and. It was really cold, like really cold. And I was like, all right, finally, I can wear this sweater that I have that I never get to wear because it's never cold enough. And my girlfriend, Sally, didn't want to go out. And I was like, no, we're, we're going out. Like, I, I, I'm, I'm going to get a fit off tonight. We're going to go get drunk and we're going to have a good time. I was like, this is, <laughs> we don't get to do this very often. Yeah. And so, yeah, it, it's like you only get so many opportunities here. I just very casually anyway, I pretty much wear the same like rotation of things every single week to work. And so... When I finally get the opportunity to go out and do something, then I try to do it. But I, I've I've been experimenting more at work. Mm-hmm. We, we've got this yeah, you ni- have. We've got this nice big open office now, and uh, you know I've got like we're talking about. There's there aren't that many opportunities here in Austin to get fits off anymore, mm-hmm. and so I'm just I'm just kind of saying screw it and wearing whatever and just playing around with stuff to the office. And one of my more recent purchases is something that I. I I don't, I love, I love it. I don't think I can pull it off and I don't know what I'm going to do. Uh, I ordered, <laughs> I, I ordered from endclothing.com, which is a UK based site. So sh- so returns are not super easy, but the pro- they had a discount code going. Their price was already way less than us retail and <laughs> confession time. 
I bought a pair of the Rick Owens Birkenstocks. Yes. And I bought the. What's your concern? And I bought the. Okay, so here's. I wanted them to be Rick Owens ish. And yeah. Rick Owens is like historically very black, very dark, like very everything black and leather and like just this really kind of goth punk oversized drop crotch kind of intense, you know, Berlin nightclub type look. Yeah. And so I went for the black leather ones, the Boston, the Boston the clogs. Clog. Okay. And trying them on like with like with with the stuff that i have it's like it's actually my first rick owens anything and so i already don't have things that would automatically go with it and Mm -hmm. when i was trying them on like the only thing that i really really liked was like black jeans with them yeah they feel they feel way more fall winter though to me yeah you might just have to wait and so i think i'm gonna i i have them listed on grailed just in case anybody wants to snap wants to snap them up yeah for you know for a decent price but if I don't get what I'm looking for, then I'm just going to hold on to them and see if I can pull them off in the winter. But I'm very nervous about this. I get that. Yeah. I, They're intense. I will put on a lot of things and just ask my girlfriend straight up, like, what do you think about this? Yeah. I, I, need, I need you to tell me. <laughs> and either tell me this works or this doesn't. And if you hesitate, then I'm going to get rid of this and return it. Um, just to, to snap back into the clothing and the pants, though, the, the, over, the, the super skinny stuff is fading a little bit. Yeah. And we're we're seeing a lot more. I'm just going to say it's oversized and in pants in particular, it's like a baggier, looser fit. But the the difference kind of is between just like a your classic straight leg pant and what we're seeing now is that, you know, 10, 15 years ago, if you buy a straight leg or a relaxed leg, it's that top block is still kind of slim too yeah so it'd be it's it's like that drain pipe thing and so at the bottom of the pant it's kind of long and 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 it it doesn't proportionally it doesn't look right yeah you get like some pooling at the ankle yeah and that's what's gone away with this newer version of the looser cut pants they're like the same length as the slim fit but just looser yeah they're just they're they're right they're still cut cropped almost yeah or or cut with almost no break yeah and they're back like the waist will fit you, but they're looser kind of up the up top too. This is also a look that I am I have major reservations about. I, I feel like I need to lose weight in order to make this happen. I've seen you kind of do it though. You've got some kind of some looser fit. I have summer pants. I right? have two pairs of these. I have a looser pair of gray pants that I do that I think are they're like my favorite pants for Austin especially because they're good in the heat. They're very comfortable and light. They hold their form like very well and they're also elastic waistbands so if you go eat Tex-Mex and mm. I can just like I can just spread out yeah uh, but I have another pair of pants that I don't even know where I got these my girlfriend was cleaning up my closet for me very nice of her and she made piles of everything thinking okay this is things are, he's going to get rid of things that I need his advice on things he's keeping in the pile of things that I needed to get rid of was a pair of pleated khakis that are cut they're, they're, they have to be really old. They have to be really, really old, and I must have just lifted them <laughs> from my dad or something. But they fit that exact description that you just had. Yeah. The issue is that I need to lose about two inches off my waist <laughs> in order to actually fit in them. And But my worry is that when I do do that, it I'm not going to look right in them Okay. as much as I want to. Yeah. I, all I want to do is look cool in these pants. Yes. But we'll see. It, it, it's tough because the, the, the fit is similar to... 
to stuff that we've seen in the past, but it's not quite the same. So it, it play around with the over with the with the bag of your pants if you want to, but just know that what you don't want is you don't want that flare out from the knee down. Mm-hmm. You don't want fabric pooling around your ankle. So you want to you want them to be kind of like rolled up and cuffed and kind of loose throughout the silhouette if you want to try the baggier pant. Uh, but Patrick, I, I know that was a big diversion, but yeah, man, wear your <laughs> wear your Carhartt khakis, man. Just Dude, Kanye wears Carhartt. Yeah, if you like them and you think they look good in them, I'll say this: Amazon Essentials. Then definitely do it. Amazon Essentials has some twenty dollar men's classic fit wrinkle resistant flat front chino pants that are like they look. <laughs> They also have pleated ones. That, and I was like, you know what? I might just take a flyer on these $20 pants and get that and just see what happens. Yeah. John Duda tweeted something about flexing in them. And I was like, that's a, this is a hilarious concept. But also using Amazon Essentials just to see if you can pull something off. It's, yeah. Granted, it's not going to be cut like a nicer brand. Yeah. But just to test it. Right. Because if you don't return it, you're out $20, which is a pretty low investment for pants. If you return it like it's like no big deal it's not like you had a bunch of money out of your account for that long and it's amazon they're easy to return shit to that's that's essentially what i use the fast fashion stuff for at this point too i don't Mm -hmm. really shop there for i don't really shop at zara or h&m or uniqlo for for stuff that i actually want to wear regularly yeah just because i don't think the quality is there agree but if there's some type of trend that i want to jump on or like or but that i'm a little nervous about something that i just want to try like you can easily try this type of stuff for twenty or thirty bucks. Yeah. So it's like Uniqlo. You know. Uniqlo has insanely cheap stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, I might just buy this just for. I have a wedding. I might just get this like blazer and just know that I'm going to ruin it after one wear and hope that it looks okay. But I I don't do that enough. Yeah. I feel yeah. like I waste money on nice things that I could just that I never wear more than twice that I could just spend less money on. Well. It's been quite a lot of fashion talk. Mm-hmm. Um, would you like to take a break to F around? I'll F around. You want to F around a yeah, little bit? Yeah, let's F around. <laughs> I can't promise you another F and around episode, but we might F around on some of these club cools here. Um, have you been following Zach Efron on social media recently? Uh, no. Ha- I, I will do that right now. Have you seen his dreadlocks? Oh, no. No, I have not. You got to look this up. Everybody. Just if you just Google Zac Efron, it's going to be the first thing that pops up, especially because anytime a white man wears dreadlocks, he gets accused of cultural appropriation. Oh, yes, he does. These um, are just for fun, though, per his caption, per his caption. Uh, look, mad props to Zac Efron for having so much free time and money and nothing to do that he was able to get dreadlocks. Yeah, that he was able to grow out his hair and then get dreadlocks. It's actually something that I. This, this is a style swerve that I've always wanted to try, but will never, ever happen for me. Dreadlocks? Yeah. My sister really wanted them back in the day. She went to summer camp, and a lot of the, the counselors at the camp had dreadlocks, and my parents were just like, nope, absolutely <laughs> not. Well, do you, you, To get dreadlocks, you basically don't wash your hair for months. Yeah, you also, I think you put like a wax in it okay. or a oil or something, and you have to, you have to, you do have to take care of them. You just don't wash them. But, you know, he did this movie. He's He's got a movie coming out with Matthew McConaughey where they're like surf bros and they both look ridiculous and it, it will be a must watch for sure. Yes. Um, and now I think he's he's just been fly fishing with his brother and doing awesome shit. I, this guy is living his best life right now. Mm-hmm. He's at a point of popularity where he's I, he's not at the top right now. 
And it's allowed him this freedom, I feel like, to basically just go do whatever because he's got the money. Oh, he's got the money. Have you, do you watch the 73 questions videos on YouTube uh, from Vogue? I've seen a few of them. Has he done one? He has done one. <laughs> Not seen. It has 10.4 million <laughs> views. Uh, I would recommend watching it. The, some of the videos are a little overdone and staged and things like that. His, his is as well, but it's one of the better ones. It's one, it, I really enjoyed it. It's just called 73 Questions with Zach Efron. Okay, that, that's, that, that's going to be a must-watch. It's a nine-minute video, and it's just him at his place, and he's like got a grill going. He's got the pool. He's got it all going on. What? I just watched this the other night, and I was, I was very happy with it. What's your favorite Zac Efron movie? Oh, man. That's tough. Let me... Let, I need... I'm going to... We once talked about... I think you liked that awkward moment. Oh, I love that awkward moment. It, it's, I think it's a terrible movie, but I think if, you, if you're watching it with like two other dudes, it makes you feel close to those guys. You're like, yeah, <laughs> this is tight. I, I watched it the first time ever before I went to New York City to visit some friends. Uh-huh. And on Sunday night, before we had... I was leaving Monday morning, we, we were just a shell of ourselves. And we were just so hungover, so disgusting. We just put it on and it made us feel better. That it, sounds like a like a just a bro love situation. Yeah, just, it is. Yeah. It was just like, yeah, everybody was very happy. Let me see. It's been a while. Like, okay. Have you seen The Greatest Showman? I haven't. I've heard a, good it's things. on my list. I've heard it's awesome. I saw Mike and Dave and I didn't I didn't like it. I liked Mike and Dave. I didn't like it. I talked about that on F and Around. I enjoyed one. him in Neighbors. I, I mean, he he the Mike and Dave gave us Zach Efron rapping, which was incredible. Okay. Yeah. I did enjoy Neighbors. Um does that, the cultural appropriation thing, I, this is always so tough. I, people are people get attacked for anything that they do now, and this is the this is one of the the really crappy parts about modern day outrage culture is that this guy can't have a little fun with his hair without getting called well, yeah, an appropriator people, for it. Well, all these people back in like the '90s who had dreadlocks, like there were so many white dude dreadlocks. Yeah. There's um, so many. And I mean, this dude, he had like DeAndre Jordan commenting on it about, you know, like, like good, like not a bad, not in a, like in a positive way. Oh, okay. Like, okay. oh, that's dope or whatever DeAndre said. So, um, Bieber had him. Yeah. Anyway, that's our, that's our effing around minute. <laughs> Go watch that Vogue video. Check out Zach Efron's dreadlocks and, um, we'll see what he does in the future. Um, Men, let's talk about Justin Bieber and Haley Baldwin. Okay. Is this a new trend to just marry somebody, get engaged to somebody that you know after like two months? What is going on? Is it? Is it, I think it's going to start happening more and more. It's crazy. But it also just makes me wonder what's going, if there's anything going on behind the scenes of these things. Like how... When, the first time they met wasn't just two months ago. I feel like celebrities... That's true. They've I known feel each like other for a while. weird celebrity like text group that they're all in <laughs> and they just talk to each other and like pass each other off to one another. I do find Haley Baldwin extremely attractive. I do too, um, and I I love her style. It's like all the, all the type of shit that only a celebrity can pull off, basically. Yeah, and man, she just kills it. She scares me though. Does she? I feel like the Baldwins are unhinged, and so I feel like she she's got a wild factor to her that I wouldn't be able to handle. I, well, then I guess that's why she fits in with Justin Bieber perfectly. I saw a photo of them walking across the street the other day, and Justin Bieber was wearing like ankle socks with uh bath slippers <laughs> and they were calling it bath leisure mm. and i actually had i i actually <laughs> i actually had a pair i have a pair still in the back of my car that i stole from a, a uh, ritz carlton in cabo 
we were just we were at the spa there and I was just swimming around and I went into the, the locker room and uh-huh. I saw these slippers sitting there and they were all just prepackaged and I was like, you know what, screw it, I'm gonna take a couple Gotta pairs cock. of these. And so I have them just sitting there and I was like, dude, I might just start wearing these. These things are swaggy. Yeah, they when they man, they're they are a weird couple because I get the feeling that with Bieber and the whole his whole Hillsong church thing, mm-hmm. I think they're on some straight edge shit. Okay. But it's that weird version of it where for some, they look like they've been smoking pot all day anyway. Yeah. And maybe they are. And I don't really know what's going on. But he, he's all in on like this does not care look. Oh, he is. He's in. Yeah. And uh, Pete Davidson is kind of in on that same look. Yeah. He has been, he, he's wearing like a ton of Bathing Ape and Supreme. Yeah. Those when are two brands he, that like, I with, just can't, I can never pull off. When he's out with Ariana Grande, yeah, and he doesn't look good in it. No, but as as you guys met, touched on 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 touching base, he's got that BDE, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, he was like the subject of the first ever BDE talk. He or yeah, yeah, it yes. started with him. It that's started a, with that's him. a good look for him. Uh, but yeah, his style, I, his style is one of those celebrity styles that I'm just like, yeah, that's not for me, but I I kind of respect it. He did a good. Uh, I forget what it's called. Complex does it where they bring in celebrities and talk about sneakers. Oh, to, in, to like shoe shop. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. at uh, Flight Club. Uh-huh. And his was actually pretty good. Okay. He's he's unhinged, so he's he's entertaining to he, watch anyway. Yes. But he was <laughs> he was pretty good. I think he I think he I think that was one of the most popular ones because I believe that he talked shit about Kanye in it. Okay. So he he's a young dude too. Yeah. Which makes sense why he loves Supreme. Yeah. I, I only figured out like a few months ago that supreme is essentially it's it's almost what abercrombie and fitch was to me in high school like it is it is if you're wearing supreme in high school that's that's that shit okay like they high school kids are obsessed with it see uh, growing up in northern michigan small town northern michigan like we didn't have the we didn't have the very defined trends People wore Abercrombie. Well, you didn't have Instagram, man. All these yeah. high schoolers, they know what they know, they know what, what everyone this is. else is wearing. They, yeah, because of Instagram. I heard you and Ross talking about it, and I was like, God, yeah, you guys had much more uh, defined styles in high school than I think we had. We were we we were dressed like skaters. Okay, well, and, we had, we had some skater stuff too. Yeah. By the time I was senior, uh, I was a senior. I, I had branched a little bit out of the Abercrombie, and I was doing like some diesel jeans with skater shoes. I was, for me, it was mostly. Skate brands with J. Crew shorts. Okay. Like skate t shirts, skate shoes, J. Crew shorts. And then finally, probably my senior year, I just went full J. Crew. Okay. I had a muscle fit Abercrombie shirt in <laughs> high school. It was sized extra small, <laughs> muscle fit. So it was like the smallest Abercrombie shirt could have gotten before they came out with the younger line. And I wore that thing three days a week in middle school because I was the only kid rocking Abercrombie and I did feel really tight. So. Uh, Speaking of, of of Pete Davidson, have you seen Cassie David? That's his former girlfriend, <laughs> daughter of Larry David. She kind of clapped back. She with some Instagram posts of her own, and not through the caption so much as just she's looking like a whole snack. She's like, yeah, she's incredible. I I love her because I don't think like looks whatever. Like yeah, she's a pretty girl, but. Her, I don't give a fuck vibe. I just love it. I think she's great. She's also Larry David's daughter. Like, she, you can't she, go wrong. Uh, yes. This is, I mean, obviously, we don't know what happened on the ins and outs of the relationship. But right now, 
if somebody told me that I can date Ariana Grande or Cassie David, it is there's not even a second thought in my mind. Yeah, I'm going Cassie she, David. Cassie David. Yeah, me too. Ariana Grande is just. I don't know anything about her other than that she seems kind of like a brat star. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yes, very much, and like almost like a robot. But yeah, I've yeah. never seen her in some kind of like humanizing form. Uh, yeah, Chuck right, Klosterman, right. the author, he did a he did like a short story about Britney Spears uh, when he interviewed her, and he made it sound like she was an alien that was just put on this world and then controlled by everyone around her, and that's kind of what I imagine Ariana Grande being. Whereas Cassie David is famous because her dad is famous, first and foremost. Yes. Uh, not to take away from what she's done. I think her web series, or no, she her web series is actually somewhat funny, but she just got picked up as a writer for, I think, an HBO show. Okay. Um, but she's self-aware. Like, when, when the whole Cassie, or when the whole Ariana Grande, Pete Davidson news came out, she was in Africa, and she posted a photo of her looking like a snack mm-hmm. on a safari saying been in africa what did i miss and so she's self-aware she knows what she's doing yes the headline from l.com is cassie david's instagram is my personal breakup guru yeah well so she actually wrote a column i think it was for vogue about how to you know do instagram how to have an instagram aesthetic and how to crush it and all of her all of her tips were very good yeah they weren't tips that you would get normally they were like uh, they were they were good. She's a good writer, basically. Yeah, yeah. She it was an entertaining column, and she put up a photo uh, four days ago. The swimsuit photo. Yeah, that put the haters on blast. It really, really did. I, I had no idea that that's what she was working with. I don't think anyone did. <laughs> it it was like oh, and that's just the cherry on top. Not no. o- not only is your dad Larry David, but and you're funny and you are cool and self deprecating and like down to earth. Yes, yeah. And then she came in with that. It was like, oh, you just won this breakup. Also, do you know who's not running out of money ever? The Davids. Yes. <laughs> well, that's what I've been saying on Touching Base. Like, the reason I think she's such a catch is because, like, her dad is Larry fucking David. Yes. She can she can do whatever she wants. Like, she can use, she can leverage the money that they already have to, you know, pursue her personal passions, which is clearly writing and filmmaking or whatever, making shorts. Uh Thanksgiving dinner is going to be awesome. Yes. Year after year. I, I think Pete got caught up in the... I, I don't know what he got caught up in, but this, the celebrity of Ariana Grande. Yeah. More so there, than... Cassie was probably too down to earth for him. Probably. She probably... Yeah. I, in she, fact, now that she we're talking about it, the, I'm not sure how Cassie and Pete even got along. Yeah, that's very fair. They seem like two people who don't give a fuck. He's and a psycho. So, most of the time when two people don't give a fuck, like you always need someone in the relationship to give a fuck. <laughs> and if, if neither person gives one, then it's like, yeah, this is probably going to end badly. Yes. Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting to see. And look out for Cassie David rebounding with, um, I don't know, maybe Zac Efron. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Her next boyfriend will make headlines. I that, think, that we know. I think so. I think so. Uh, well, this has been an awesome hour talking to you about all of this different stuff. Before we go, I like to close out with a couple of different things. First, I'm actually going to steal your bit. Who are you wearing today? Today, I'm I'm going full blogger tuxedo. Blogger tuxedo. Yeah, I Ross coined this term. I have I have you know followed it because I was like, oh, I actually wear a blogger tuxedo two out of my five days a week. <laughs> I'm wearing all outdoor voices, head to toe, uh, 
all the same fabric, different colors. <laughs> okay. And I'm also wearing... Uh, what type of sneakers you got my on? My new sneakers. My new Kith Adidas. Uh, I don't even know what they were called. They're gold. Okay. They're, they're gold USA sneakers, which I have actually taken them from the USA, and I've applied them to France. <laughs> okay. That, if right. people ask me, I'm like, oh, these are France sneakers, because <laughs> they are going to win the World Cup. Go France. Um, all right. Well, that's kind of my move now, though. I try to, I try to build my... Ath- athleisure around work around the shoes that i'm going to wear that day well that's easy to do because athleisure usually comes in like very neutral colors mm-hmm. and it is easy to pair with louder boulders yeah. sneakers pretty much anything i don't try to reinvent the wheel at work anymore yeah. I, yeah. I come in and i wear something comfortable because we can get away with it right. and it's comfortable uh well I, i've got a new column up on postgradproblems.com by the time this podcast is out hopefully the column's up too it's all about white shoes and i actually mentioned the cream yeezy 350s and I put them on today, maybe to snap a photo as the header of this column. Okay. The reason I don't usually wear these is because they are so blindingly white and I'm so worried about getting them dirty that I, I wore Adilet slides to drive to work today with these, with the white Yeezys. I didn't even know you had them on. With the white Yeezys like in my arm basically. And then when I pulled up at work, I, I got out and I parked right near like this, the, the lawn basically. And there's this. There was a guy doing the weed eating, weed eating, <laughs> and I get out and I'm like, trying to carry all my bags. I've got the white Yeezys under my arm, and I'm trying to balance a coffee cup as well. Nope. And <laughs> it's such a precarious situation. And I hear the, you know, midway through trying to like get all my stuff together, I hear the lawnmower or the weed eater just cut off, and I look up and this dude and just you know sunglasses and a hat full work full work get up is just staring at me with his weed he hates you <laughs> and i just go excuse me and, <laughs> and kept walking and he and he turned it back on my biggest fear every day is spilling something on my shoes i i i've done i spilled a ton of coffee on a pair of bright white adidas sneakers that i got and up until that moment for about 10 minutes i t- said to myself <laughs> will do not spill coffee on these do not spill coffee on these i just repeated it I got in my car, immediately spilled <laughs> spilled coffee all over them, and was like, "Yep, that was destined to happen." Yeah, I was living on the edge today, trying to carry these all white Yeezys and an open cup of coffee. I mean, like a coffee mug from my house. Uh, last thing, I'm a big online shopper. I constantly have, you know, dozens of tabs open on my browsers, thinking about what I'm going to cop next. What are you? What are you currently? almost about to pull the trigger on it doesn't even have to be clothing or shoes maybe you're about to buy a new apple watch or something but i'm currently in the midst of uh no material possession buying july okay it's not going well (laughs) because i'm just filling my shopping cart with stuff and like it's bad were the were were the two new pairs of shoes not in july just before july okay i got you really lucked out i blew my wad before uh, july hit and then now i'm like i'm that's they're they are the reason for no material purchase july okay gotcha well so you've you've got a two and a half weeks left but come august what's i mean what's hopefully these things are still available uh i'm a big pullover guy okay even though we live in texas where it's 100 degrees i'm still a big pullover guy they're the most comfortable thing in the world for me i really just enjoy wearing one even if it's i really like it with shorts i i think i was accustomed to that in michigan growing up with michigan summers where it would go from warm to really cold at night and just a simple pullover would solve all your problems and i still wear them in texas all the time because you're you're in air conditioning 95 percent of the time during the day so it's like yeah it's still cool inside and so right now i've got two things i'm looking at let's see i haven't actually bought anything on grailed yet 
Okay. But I got on it because I was like, well, stop looking at brand new stuff. Uh, one of them is an Umbro black sweatshirt, half zip pullover. And the Umbro logo is absolutely massive on this chest. <laughs> I really want it. And I should just buy it because it's really cheap right now. But it's no material possession in July. Gotcha. And another one is from a brand that I talked to you a lot about. I still don't know how to say the name. Aim Leon Dor. I, th- I think it's Aim a- Leon Dor. Yes. And this is something from their uh, a, a 2016 launch that's on Grailed. It's a gray sweatshirt uh, that is essentially a, a wool popover shirt. Mm-hmm. I think it's perfect for Texas in the wintertime to wear like maybe a collared shirt under, a t-shirt under, whatever, and to go to an outdoor bar, drink a bunch of beers for a night, and enjoy yourself. Yeah. It's a little more expensive. It's at like 186 bucks right now off of 285 but that's why I'm following it. I'm gonna, I, th- I I'm think that's going to get some price drops. Guys, I think I'm going to get the price drop. If, if y'all don't know, Grailed is basically eBay, but only for like good men's fashion and style mm-hmm. stuff. Is there it's, an approval process it, it, of listing on there? No. Okay. It, it's a selling and buying uh, marketplace. Go, check out Grailed.com. Download the app if you, w- if you want to see what we're talking about. You can buy everything there from uh, from J. Crew shirts for 10 bucks to the you know latest and greatest hyped up sneakers if you want or even supreme or whatever they've got everything it's pretty cool i sell a ton of stuff on there i think i've sold well over 100 items on grailed mm-hmm. so um that's Damn, pretty you're cool deep Check in the out. game yeah i need i need to hop on there and do it yeah um that's it for us today guys will thank you so much for being here plug your social media you can follow me at will defreeze on twitter and instagram uh also make sure to subscribe to the touching base podcast and the uh, new Sunday Scaries podcast. Yes, that's that's your baby. Also, make sure you subscribe to Grand X Labs. Yes. That's how Sunday Scaries podcast started. That's how this is starting. Make sure to do it. Tell your friends. Club Cool on Grand X Labs. Subscribe to the feed. You'll get the episodes as quickly as possible. Uh, leave us a review. Mm-hmm. Tell me how much you like me or you hate me. Uh, but make sure it's five stars. You've gotten good reviews thus far. That's good. Yeah. I'm, I've been trying not to look. I'm nervous. I've been tracking on. I haven't been tracking on iTunes, but I've been tracking other things, and you're you're, you're trending upward. Sounds good. Yeah. Uh, that's it for Club Cool today. We will see you next week.